Welcome to Warren Radio. With your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings on this Friday. We are in our spring mode around here. But in spring around here, you can get a lot of snow and frost. This is Warm Radio Sound the Show for, coming to you from our highly technical place. As a voice crying in the wilderness, Isaiah said, sometimes that's the way it seems. You can even be in the inner city and seem like it's a wilderness. A lot of troubles in the world today. Sound the show far, along with our other shows, are in-depth. They move pretty quick. They go an hour. If you need to contact us, go to our contact page on warren-usa.com. You can find us, hashtag WatchmanIS216 on Facebook and Twitter, hashtag Warren Radio on Instagram and Twitter. On LinkedIn, it's hashtag Watchman. On USA.life and MeWe, was hashtag Warren Radio. We're also on Telegram, and there's a number of others, but uh, they kind of, uh, uh, well, we don't really get enthused with a lot of those others. But you can hear us on a lot of different things. Go to our websites, warren-usa.danaglennsmith.com. And we have the Spreaker app out there, and you can listen to all the shows, but also on Warren-USA. For years and years and years, and we've been doing this over two decades, we have always produced our shows and put articles with them to discuss it and give you links in there and stuff like that. And now on our websites, we probably keep, uh, I try to keep, I think, four or five years. We're 70, 90, yeah, probably four years. We'd go way, way back, but uh, we don't do that anymore. We keep uh, approximately four years of shows, and then uh, we clean out the old ones. We go through and redo our, clean out our website, SEO efficient uh, it's an ongoing process, but at any rate, that's neither here nor there. A couple of articles, American Discontent, Faith and Fragility. Well, I'll tell you, I recommend that you uh, read this. Faith or, you know, you could say fragility or uh, frailty. You know, that's a weakness, both of those terms. Well, faith is trust. Well, I talk about that in the midst of the discontent in America and what's happening. I also write uh, the Fourth Estate, Fake News and Deception. If you've never heard of the Fourth Estate, this is an article that I did some time ago. I re-edited it and updated it. And then American Truth and Consequences. Is there any truth? Well, I talked to you about a nation falling into sin and pride and rejecting the truth, that it follows a a path of paranoia, fear, and delusion. Even our forefathers said the propensity of democracies to fall into licentiousness. 
And they said that when they founded this country. So it's not something new. Today we're talking about revolutionary revelation, redemptive inheritance of the saints. That'll be a study in the midst of all the troubles in the world. There is a hope that you have. You have to reach that point. Stop worrying about what the world is doing. The nations of men. There's sometimes you can make a difference in a country politically that helps to change the climate. In America, you know, Trump was able to do a lot of things for Make America Great. His emphasis was on creating jobs and factories in America, which unfortunately a lot of Dems seem to be opposed to. And during the coronavirus, uh, he tried to push through trying to get legislation through to help the American people uh, in the financial department, a lot of others, and Pelosi uh, politicized it and wanted to put uh, abortion on it. And uh, this is the way it is in America today. We shouldn't be politicizing any of this. She shouldn't have done that. She should have done the right thing and just went ahead with it to help the American people and those that might be affected. There's a lot of people that need help here, the most of which is the elderly, the senior, and those with certain things, illnesses that uh, make them uh, especially prone to this. But if you're healthy, young, or if you're healthy, uh, young at an old age, it probably won't bother you. But see, in this nation, we need to come together as one people. Not Democrats and Republicans separated by petty political differences. And unfortunately, we have Hollywood, affectionately known as Hollywood to you. And all in some of their liberal big mouths, like Robert De Niro and a few others. And then, of course, you have the political scene in in our government between the House and the rest of them. And that's the way it is. There's nothing you can do about it. There's a lot of things you can change in the world, mostly about yourself, your out, outlook, whether or not you know the Lord. And there's a lot of things you can't change. You can't change the way the sun revolves around. You can't change how hot or how cold it gets unless you get in an automated atmosphere. I get into my car, I flip our all of our stuff on, and I can have whatever temperature I want. It's automatically automated. There, I've solved the problem. can be real cold outside, and I can get my atmosphere where I'm warm and comfortable in the car. It's really hot outside. Boom, I can make my car to where it's a perfect whatever I want, 70 degrees, and I'm cool. It's hot outside. See, I can do something about that. But I can't do much about uh, the Pleiades. I can't do nothing about Orion. I can't do nothing about the Big Dipper. can't do nothing about much of things. You can't do nothing about sin except receive the sacrifice the Son of God has done for you. You can't do nothing about living a pure life or even living for God without his spirit, without his word, without that 
uh, sanctification, that redemption, that justification, and that move of the Spirit, regeneration, that makes you into a new person, then you can do something because of what God has done. Because after all, you are chosen in Christ. You have an inheritance through Christ. You are known as a saint who walks in the light. Your Lord Jesus Christ, or Yeshua HaMashiach, is the Son of God, the only begotten Son of our God and our Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You walk in the light, and you have been redeemed. Thus, you know about redemption. You have dominion, power, might. You can have wisdom, revelation, knowledge. You're part of the ecclesia, the called out ones. You're not, as the world may call you, refuge. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, for over two decades, we've been doing this end-time ministry. Tower and I go way back into the early 70s, first knowing what was coming. But nevertheless, we report every week on the persecuted church. And they're being persecuted by Muslims, Hindus, by governments. And the one thing you have is that these people that are being persecuted many times walk in love. They get beaten. They get spat upon. They get murdered. The women get raped, their houses get burned and trashed, they get cast out, they have no food. Sometimes their crops are taken, their animals are taken, and on it goes. Pure hatred, vile hatred. And yet these people will go and pray for the ones who treat them like this. And we give you some of that information We tell you about the miracles and signs that are following these people. One of the the ministries that the leadership has gotten beat up time and again and almost killed. And yet they continue to do it. And see, while you try to overcome... All the obstacles are things you can't do anything about. You can lead them to the Lord, but what if people don't want to come to the Lord? But there are times, miracles and signs, where people who are ignorant, who are blind, who are vicious and wicked, who refuse to repent, are forced to see the truth. In this case, there was a miracle. And this particular group, led by Pastor Paul, was baptizing a whole bunch of new believers. These were, I believe they were former Muslims. They were Muslims who became a Christian. And uh, Pastor Paul works with both Hindus and Muslims. So at any rate, they were gathered in in the water, the stream, river and they were all gathered doing that and the Muslims had found out what they were going to do so they had gathered and they began shooting at them to kill them they were going to kill every one of them and suddenly a dust storm came up 
And it was so bad that they couldn't see the Christians. The Christians, what they did, as soon as they had people firing at them, they just started praying. And we hear this time and time again. No matter what happens, if they start getting beat, the first thing they do is pray. They don't worry, they pray. Okay, note to Americans, don't worry, pray. Okay, I will. Before you know it, you find yourself worrying. What would you do if you were facing death for your faith? See, there is a difference. You have an inheritance and you've been redeemed and the devil hates you, the world hates you, but you need to know who you are in Christ. These believers know who they are. Now, not all believers overseas are like that because there are some areas that have believers who are nominal believers because of the persecution and the history behind it. And they face a lot of terrible things. So at any rate, this this storm continued as the Christians prayed. And the only reason we really know what happened on the other side, the ones who tried to kill the Christians, is because the leaders and, and those within that group got saved. Because in the dust storm, they could not see. And then they looked up and there was a vision of this huge man. And he was dressed and he had scars in his hands. And, of course, the, the Muslims know about Jesus immediately. And then he, he told them, he said, I died for your sins. Told them who he was. And he stopped them from doing everything. Matter of fact, they couldn't do anything. And the light was great. Well, to make a long story short, they repented. They stopped and went back to their houses. And then later they went and found these Christians and the pastor and told them what had happened and started becoming part of the church. See, this is what it takes. And we've seen that the miracles many, many times are right on the threshold of death. It comes. Now, that doesn't mean it always happens that way. We know for the book of Acts it doesn't. Peter was walking along the street, and a beggar wanted money, and Peter just told him, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. He did. The Lord is able to move in any circumstance. So we're in Ephesians chapter 1. We're starting in verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Thank God. You know, I have a bunch of old albums of uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford. All of his old favorites. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of shows on when I was growing up, like Tennessee, Ernie Ford, Lawrence Welk, nothing like we have today. 
and he sings a lot of the old redemptive songs. And there's nothing like a lot of those old songs to remind you where we've come. I can still remember the road out in the middle of nowhere that I pulled off. I was in my truck having a bad day. So was Tower. I was raised in the church. My dad saw to it because my grandmother was a Christian woman and had led my dad to the Lord. Stayed with him all of his life. But God had to get me out of that church in order to get me saved, truly, and to know him. But, of course, he allowed you to go your own way for a long time until you get to the point where you say, okay. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Alongside the road right there, knelt outside the truck, cars and trucks, Vehicles and semis going by. I accepted the Lord. The road is still there. The place is still there. And I remember it all these years later. Until you understand what's at stake. Until you make the leap by faith. You'll never understand. You'll never know. And you have the forgiveness of sins. All the old songs, many of them speak of the forgiveness of sins. We know him. Well, how do you know him? You've never seen him. But see, there is redemption through his blood, which, of course, takes care of the law. God had determined many, many years ago, eons ago, that it would be through the blood that atonement was made. And so then we had the first covenant made at Sinai. And God told the children of Israel that they had to do animal sacrifices. That was the first place that they had to go. And then later the Messiah would come, but it was in Genesis where God said, the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Because it would be through a woman that the Redeemer would come, the Son of God, take on human form, be born of a virgin. And so the angels of God probably wondered at that time, what was the Son of God? In all of his glory, wanting to shed his glory to become a human. Why would you do that? And so when he died on the cross and shed his blood, that sealed the atonement for our sins, but we have to believe. And I've explained this before. We have mercy today. The mercy comes out of the love of God. And out of mercy comes God's grace or his favor. And in order to access grace, you have to believe. 
For without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You cannot receive anything from anybody if you don't know who they are. Of course, you can walk down the street, somebody can hand you a $10 bill, you're not going to say anything. But when we're talking honestly, there are those who simply can't believe that God exists. they got to see him. Thomas couldn't believe that the Lord had been redeemed. And the Lord appeared in the midst of the apostles. <clears throat> he did this once before, and Thomas wasn't there. He did it again, and Thomas was there. And he said, it is I. He says, this is not spirit. See, touch me. I have bones. I have flesh. I'm real. <clears throat> that was the first glimpse we got, <clears throat> excuse me, as humans of the body. A body that has skin and bones can pass through walls, can disappear, can ascend, can eat food, and disappear. There's a lot of things we don't understand, but we do know that one of the first ones that believed God was Abraham. He believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness' sake. And that shows us that God had always intended that man would have faith and believe. You want to be redeemed, you have to access this through faith. Believing God as Abraham did and millions of Christians have done and receive what he did on the cross. The Lord in John 1 said he went to his own and his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to those who believe on his name, these were not born by the will of man, but by the power of God. John 3 says we must be born again to the Spirit. John 10 said he's the door to the sheepfold. He's the great shepherd. John 15 says we have to abide in him, for without him we can do nothing. 1 John 1 says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So in verse 7, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, which comes out of the riches of his grace, which flows out of his mercy, and the mercy flows out of God's love. And this is why Paul says in Second Thessalonians 2, there's coming a time when the world will reject the love of the truth. The love of the truth is the fact that God so loved the world, John 3.16, that Christ so loved the Father and loved us that he came and gave his life. For even he said, no greater love has a man then someone give his life for him. Christ gave his life for us, but God raised him from the dead, and he became the first fruits. 
Verse 8 of Ephesians 1 says, Wherein he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. The wisdom here in the Hebrew is the Strong's 4680. means higher wisdom, spiritual. Prudence means mental action, that is intellectual, moral insight, and wisdom. Say, when you become redeemed... God opens not only your heart, but your mind, your intelligence, your wisdom, your knowledge, and touches the spiritual aspect of your soul. And you have communion with God, for Scripture says, my spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are the child of God. So why do you think people like Pastor Paul and all the former Muslims are coming to the Lord? Because there's a supernatural power and wisdom there. For once in their life, they're not just following a religion. They're following a God that is real, that is alive. Then you fast forward to America and you see people actually falling away from the Lord. You see churches that are getting to the point where they ignore apostolic doctrine and they walk on their own and they lead their people into lies and heresies. You need to be sure who you're following in the Christian world because not all pastors who appear as angels of light, of course, not all of them are angels of the true and living God or his messenger there are devils in the pulpit today. And they're leading a lot of people astray. But you see, God has a way to break through a lot of that. And we're coming to a time when the fire will run through the churches. That is a smeltering fire. That is a a fire of perfection, a fire of repentance. And even this, what we have as the coronavirus, it'll make you worried and concerned, some people more, some people less. But it'll determine where your strength is going to be. Do I depend upon men and the governments? Do I depend on God? How do I handle it? Well, last night I did a special show on it instead of our regular one, which we'll do next week. But this was on the coronavirus we did last night. And it was at the, you know, uh, I had been working on this for a couple of days. The Lord had prompted me. And then last night it was time to do it. And so we did it. It's an hour long. But see, God is involved. But if you can't believe, you can't access. But there is a time, Paul says in Second Thessalonians, as I mentioned before, that society will reject that love of the truth, the gospel, and everything it entails. We're already seeing that in, in many nations. Matter of fact, when we talk about, for instance, the time of the night, which depicts that time when, as Christians, we cannot work, 
Remember, in the parables, God sends forth workers into the harvest, into the field. But there comes a time when those workers cannot work in the field. It's the time of the night. And during the time of the night, wickedness rules. There's a power of darkness. Even the Lord mentions this when he stands before Pilate and the others on the way to the cross. There is that time. But even going through the darkness, the Lord became the first fruits and brought us all victory. He is now Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He calls himself in Revelation 1, the Almighty. And in Revelation 22, he says, He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. For I come quickly, and I'll give to every man according as his work shall be. We know it's going to be a wicked time in the days, and God says, if, you, if you're going to be wicked, be wicked. If you're going to be righteous, be righteous, because I'm coming quickly, and when I get there, I will hold you accountable. I will give you the, the reward that you rightly deserve for what you're doing. And I've said for a long time that in America, We have lost track of the true fear of God. Believe me, all the pompous sinners who speak so pompously, when they stand before this God, they're going to be on their faces, weeping and crying, making excuses. To see a sinner in the presence of God is not fun. And so this is the this is the thing. We need to understand that when we look at the world, even the actions of those in America that are horrendous, we got to understand that God is the one who brings the justice. And sometimes justice happens while these people are still alive. Suddenly, a healthy sinner who has been blaspheming God becomes a sick sinner on the verge of death. And there's nothing quicker to make you think than to be on the verge of death. And when you get in the presence of death, it's not fun. But thank God. You and I have the victory through Christ. Verse 9 says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. See, God is God. He can purpose in himself. This is what I'm going to do. In this verse 9, we see the past tense word, having. The idea, Paul, relating to uh, the Ephesians is, this has already been done. Having this redemption. Now, see, it was spoken by the prophets, then by Jesus Christ, both coming. The Lord himself saying it came not to fulfill, not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And so there's this 
past tense. He's already done it. It's already been accomplished. This redemption, all we got to do is receive it and walk in it and not give up. So he made known unto us this wisdom and prudence, this will. Now see, this is the mystery of his will. That even the angels of God did not understand it until they actually saw it happening. The mystery of his will. God's will is perfect. But he kept this a mystery through all the ages. That he was determined from the beginning to redeem all men, including the goyim. (laughs) The nations of unbelievers. There was always that world, those nations. Scripture says the gods of the nations... our idols. But our God is the true and living God, fist in himself. That's what the Lord did. He purposed in himself. It was his good pleasure to do this. That was to redeem those who would believe and receive Christ, to give them wisdom and knowledge to let them walk in the world, but above the lust of the flesh. Now, one of the scriptures I quote, and, it, and it's a good scripture, is in John 17. The Lord says, Father, I pray thee that you would not take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil. And as I pointed out last night, you can pray that, to be kept from the evil. The Lord prayed that. That's a prayer You can pray that for protection. Being kept from the evil means directly referring to them and what he does and to those who follow. Keep us from the evil. It was never intended to remove us from the world, but to be here in the midst of the darkness and be the light. And see, this is where we as believers living in America and the comfortable West, and it's not so comfortable in the West, especially, and when I say Western nations, I'm talking about Western Christianized nations that are not in the Far East. Um, The traditional Christianized nations now are not so Christianized. Finland, who is predominantly Lutheran, there was a big article out saying, that it's not that way anymore. They still have the Finnish church and everything, but most of the people don't believe. A great majority of them don't believe anymore. That's what prosperity does for you many times. And we forget. In America, we do too. It's ironic that in America... We have made so many wicked things okay to do, so many things that are abominable, that we want to kill babies out of the womb, that women will demonstrate and pontificate just to keep the right to kill a baby coming out of their womb as they declare it's my body. 
Yes, it may be your body, but I got news for you. The soul in that body belongs to God, and that happens to be you who is the soul belongs to this God who will hold you accountable even for murder. And that baby, that doesn't belong to you. That baby belongs to the Lord. You were the incubation chamber, and that was the blessing he gave you. Unfortunately, you chose to have, in many cases, fornicate with somebody and you got caught, and the easiest way out is to kill the baby. That is murder. Now, see, even if you do that, God can forgive you. God can forgive men and women. But many won't be forgiven because they won't ask for it. But see, God made known unto this the mystery of his will that we could be children of God and we could live above the things in the world because there's an ultimate purpose here. In verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he may gather together in one all things in Christ which are in heaven and which are on earth and even in him. And so when we go back and look at the wisdom and the prudence and the mystery of the will of God, it wasn't just to redeem you, but to gather you and to bring together heaven and bring together his redeemed on the earth to reformat the earth using a technical term. In other words, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And the meek shall inherit the earth. God's children will inherit the earth. And the earth won't be anything like it is today. It will be a beautiful place. And on that place, you will be able to live and work. What do you do? You will be an everlasting joy forever. No, you won't be on a cloud with a harp sitting around doing nothing. You'll be on the earth. You will have animals. You will be able to visit any place on that planet, this planet. Now, see, there's a lot of things we do not know. But if God remakes the earth, what do you think he's going to do with Mars and Pluto and all the rest? Are this going to disappear? He's going to remake the heavens and the earth. And he's going to put them all in one, all under the rule of Christ. And eventually, mentioned in uh, Corinthians, Christ will bring down all enemies. And you bring everything together. And then he'll hand the kingdom back to God so that all will be under the Father. And I imagine, well, you know, Lord, today I think I'll go to Mars. I want to see what it's like up there. So, poof, you're there. Why? Because you're not going to worry about this is a whole new age. It won't even work like that. You want to go somewhere, you can just think about it. You will know because being inherited and uh, being a new creature, you'll be able to go anywhere. Automatically, you will have a higher sense. So there's coming a time in the dispensation, a segment of time that God has determined that 
reveals the fullness. In other words, all things that God had said must come to pass in order to fulfill the criteria. This, when it happens, will bring into dispensation. That first dispensation, when Christ comes, that is after he comes, takes care of some work here, and then he's going to have a thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. That's the first dispensation. At the end of that, there's some other things that have to go on, and then there will be the new heavens and the new earth. You'll see the new Jerusalem. And so everybody will be gathered together in Christ. Those who are in heaven and those who are on earth, you'll be joined with your mother and your father and your brother and your sister and your aunt and uncle. That is if they're found in Christ. And you will be known just as you are known here. They will know who you are. But you won't be like anything you are today. You will be in a new body. Only you will be you. You look in the mirror and you see this clay shell that God has put us in. That's because of the fall. And even the earth is suffering from the curse. And the animals. It just wasn't man that fell. The entire earth fell. The universe fell. Heaven didn't fall because that's righteous and and it's impervious to that. And so... The end of this, in in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. We obtained this inheritance. It's like assigning a privilege, obtaining an inheritance. You didn't have anything, and then you inherited whatever it is, a house, money, cars, who knows. But we, ours is eternal and forever. Redemption. We've received inheritance not to be stained in sin and iniquity. We've received an inheritance to be like Christ. We've received an inheritance to be children of the living God. This is our heritage This is our destiny. This is our destination. This is what God has determined because he loves us, to redeem us from the power of sin and the curse because of what we did. You see, Scripture says, the law says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the law also says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now, the first part of that, the soul that sinneth shall die. There's actually two deaths here. The first death is when you die in this body. This is a body of death. It is your mind, everything in this is affected by the sin, the curse. It, so when you become redeemed, your spirit is the part that is redeemed. And it affects the body, of course. 
But see, even Paul talks, there's that struggle within the two natures, the flesh and the spirit. Paul talks about this in, in Scripture, in Galatians 5. It tells you about the, the works of the flesh and the works of the spirit. So there's those two natures. Well, the flesh is not going to inherit eternal life. It's dying. You're going to put it off. You're going to get a new body. And it's that new body which Christ, we see a picture of it. As Scripture says, we look through a glass darkly. We can see Christ and what he did, which was amazing. He walked on water, even when he was in the regular body. That was faith. So when he gets in the body, I discussed that earlier, we, did, we can do all those things and much more. There's so many things that are going to be different. Now, see, the first death is when you when you die. I, my mother's dead. My dad's dead. My uncle, favorite uncle's dead. My cousin's dead. My good friend, my cousin. My aunt's dead. See, that's what happens. You die. My mother-in-law, my father-in-law, they're all dead. I do not fear death. And I do not fear life. But I have made a decision that when I open the door to tomorrow, I'm going to open it up with faith, believing that no matter what comes, God will make a way for me and my family, and that's the way I'm going to live, period. By the grace of God. And so Paul says in verse 12 that we should be to the praise of, the, of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Now, see, the f- first ones, of course, who, who trusted in Christ were the disciples who followed the Lord when he was here on earth. The very first ones. So you have that. And then there's the rest of us who, in time, came to know him. And it doesn't mean that you're never going to have any troubles. But the fact of it is, is that As Paul says, if we have hope in this life only, we are of all people, all creatures, most miserable. I don't want religion. I don't want to think that, as certain religions do, when you die, you come back as something else. That's not the way God intended it. Our hope is beyond where we're at now. We don't fear those who will kill us. We fear him who is able to destroy the body and the soul. Yea, fear him. 
because I look beyond this time. And even while we're here, we can do things in this body to extend this life. We can live a long life. All the, all the prophets and the patriarchs lived good long lives. But we can see from Abraham and a lot of the patriarchs, Moses, When it was time for them to leave, the Lord said, you're going to pass on. You need to go up here, and you're going to lay with your fathers. Where, you know, your work is done. I believe in the shadow of the doubt, the perfect will of God, is for everybody to know the exact time. And there have been stories of, of preachers and others who have known the Lord and they knew when it was time. I believe God's perfect will is to make it known to us when it's time. That's if we're following his will, walking in him. Death is not something you should be afraid of, but yet death is something everybody's going to face. Now, there is a caveat to that. Paul talks about it. When the Lord comes, the dead which are in Christ will rise, and then we which are alive will remain, we'll meet him in the air. You know, we'll, we'll join him. There's a lot of things that when we look at these, it's a glass darkly. Even the power of God and the presence of his spirit, it's only a partial glimpse. But the good thing of it is, is that we don't have to know everything. That's why today's broadcast, this one, is revolutionary revelation. It's revolutionary. It's redemptive inheritance. It's a portion given to us because we've inherited it. We were the fallen sons and daughters, the ones who fell away and God is saying, come back. I love you. I'll forgive you. Admit your mistake and come to me. And I will heal you. I will fill you with my spirit. And you will know my presence. And I will give you wisdom and knowledge to understand my will. And to walk in my ways. The thing I like about Revelation 1 is. Christ describes who he is. I am he who is dead. Is alive evermore. And yea I have the keys of death and hell. 
No longer can death and hell take who they want. Now they can go and enter into God's kingdom in glory. But as John warned in John 1, if we walk in the light, the light of Christ, as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But there's a caveat following. But if we sin, You can come to him, confess your sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive you of those sins. But if you think that you can just go out and willy-nilly sin, and knowing that you're just going to ask God to forgive you and he will, if you think that you can mock God, can play him like he doesn't know your intentions. You're wrong. And of course, history proves out that in persecutions, there are people who will choose to be able to live in this body. And the cost of that is rejecting their faith and what they believe. Because the devil has ways. One of the biggest ways he likes to use is money and power. Because that soothes the pride of men. And then give them religion as well. And that makes them happy. And there's another thing he likes to do. Convince them that just being good is okay. Ignore Christ. Just being good won't get you there. You have to go through Christ. Father, we thank you for this word today and for your mercy. Bless those that hear this broadcast and these words, your word, in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Don't forget to go by our websites, warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Also, follow us on our Twitter feeds. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, but I'm not a fan of Facebook. I've deleted two different times things on, you know, our sites, on websites, on on Facebook. We're on there now, but we're only on there for one purpose, and that is to be able to post over on Instagram because we have a lot of good uh, uh, good people that we're following, people that have, uh, you know, very good uh, fruits as far as helping you to live not just spiritual lives but a physical life like Dr. Gundry and others who can help you um, to get in shape physically through foods and healed of deadly diseases. So keep that that part alive. Now, there may be a time when we get off that if Facebook changes everything. But we're also 
working on USA.life and MeWe. Both of those are very secure sites. Your information is your own. And we're on Tumblr. I don't ever get on Tumblr much. Everything is automated. But we have people listening there. We're also, uh, one of the recent additions was Anchor, uh, broadcasting uh, through Anchor. And Anchor's picked up quite a few listeners over on that end. Um, So in these things, follow us where you can. Read the articles. Come by our websites. Visit the websites. And uh, I've got another book coming out, The Rising. We're in the finishing. I'm in the finishing the book. And uh, when I get the book finished, then we go through an extensive editing process that will take time. And then, of course, it will go into the pre-read stage. And uh, then we'll get it published. And uh, we've self-published for years. I don't know what we're going to do with this, but this is the second book in the series of the Steels series. The first book is Steel the Darkness, and it's over on uh, my website, Dana Glenn Smith. Also, you can find it on warn-usa.com. You can go to our book site over on uh, Amazon, and it's on a number of other places, but... uh, it was in Barnes and Noble. I don't know. It, it's around. But at any rate, check all this stuff out. Have a good weekend. Tower for Tower and myself. We thank you for listening. And we and I ask you to listen to the coronavirus. Walk in faith, my friend. Look to the Lord and be careful. So in all of this, from Tower and myself, God bless. Good night. We'll see you. Next week, the good Lord willing, and as we say, as the good Lord willing and the crick don't rise. If the crick rises, man, get out of there. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.